Women tend not to talk about periods too much, or they usually only talk about them if there's a major problem. But even then, sometimes people don't necessarily even bring it up until we ask about it. So it's something that I think women should know is common, but at the same time, things don't have to be like that. And I want men to really know that they're not alone and that there's other men that really experience the exact same things that they're going through. Allow me to state the obvious. It is now November of 2020, and it has been a stressful year in America, with the threat and the impact of the coronavirus still very real in our everyday lives. All of that stress could be affecting your physical and mental health in ways you wouldn't expect, and you're not alone. Today, we'll hear from a gynecologist and a urologist about how the stress of a pandemic is affecting men and women differently. This is the Health Nexus podcast, powered by Jefferson Health. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Visit thehealthnexus.org for more information on today's topics. If you visited the Health Nexus, you know we've covered a variety of topics relating to the pandemic. And side note, if you haven't visited the Health Nexus, what are you waiting for? Check it out. But this content on our site has been incredibly popular with readers, and one article stuck out in particular— In April of this year, our writers chatted with Dr. Beth Schwartz, a gynecologist at Jefferson, about how the coronavirus could be affecting menstrual cycles. It's our most visited page on the site so far, signaling that many women are seeking answers about their irregular periods these days. I caught up with Dr. Schwartz to see if the trend is continuing and what other ways stress could be impacting women this year. I'm Beth Schwartz. I'm an OBGYN who specializes in pediatric and adolescent gynecology at uh, Thomas Jefferson University and also at Nemours AI DuPont Hospital for Children. I'm an assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology and pediatrics at the City Kimmel Medical uh, College at Thomas Jefferson University. Great. Well, thanks for being here today. We're still kind of in this phase of incredible stress throughout the world. And there's a lot of interest from readers and listeners about menstrual cycles that are acting pretty irregular. Talk about that a little bit. Is stress something that you're still seeing in your patients and that's still causing this? Irregular periods is something we see a lot, but there has definitely been an increase in people complaining about irregular periods or missing periods over the past six months or so. It's definitely still something that's going on. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like stress is easing up in this country anytime in the near future. Explain what happens to the body here. And can this happen in all sorts of ways where a woman's period is both longer or shorter? Or can they skip a period altogether? Yes, to all of those things. The body is kind of interesting and complicated when it comes to periods. There's so many different um, parts of the pathway that are all connected. And many things, including stress, can interfere with that normal hormone pathways and normal fluctuations of hormones. And when the body is not really under normal hormonal control, all bets are off and anything can happen. So periods can be skipped completely. They can come late. They can come early. They can be really short. Um, Or sometimes 
they can be really long because they just don't know when to start or stop themselves in any kind of normal controlled way. So you mentioned hormonal control. What about if a woman is on birth control? Can this still happen? So theoretically not, right? Because the birth control's taken over control of the body's hormones and periods. I will tell you, I am seeing it all the time in my patients. Really? And so all the time. It has been happening more and more recently. And, you know, there's probably a lot of different reasons for it, especially if somebody is on a really low dose pill. It may be that the pill isn't able to suppress um and sort of take over completely suppressing their own hormones. Mm -hmm. So their own um, stress or other changes may absolutely play a role in that. Um, If people are forgetting to take their pill or come for injections or things like that, that's definitely playing a role as well. So it should be less common on birth control, and it probably is, but it is definitely still happening. And forgetting to take the pill, now that could be something that's happening because schedules are completely out of whack. You know, people aren't necessarily in the same routine as they used to be, right? Absolutely. So every everything's been a little bit off. You know, people working from home or doing school from home, they've just lost their normal routines um, and are sometimes not even living in the same places that they were anymore. And any changes in routine can definitely, um, cause, you know, cause increased stress, but also can um, throw things off in their own right. And what about the IUD? Is there a possibility for fluctuations there? Definitely. And probably even more so than with the pills, because for most women, one of the nice things about the IUD is even the hormonal IUD doesn't really spread hormones to the rest of the body. And so it doesn't affect hormonal control. And so if people are having a huge increase in stress or other changes in lifestyle, um, I I would expect that that could probably affect bleeding with the IUD even more than any other birth control method. Hmm. Okay. And is there danger here to this if someone is experiencing an irregular period or is it just kind of a temporary nuisance? You know, we don't want people to listen to this and think, okay, it's just stress. I can ignore it. When is it time to call a doctor? It's a great question. Um, I think, first of all, the most important thing I can say is it's always the right time to call your doctor or send a message through a patient portal. Many of the times we may say everything's fine, keep an eye on it, but it is never wrong to check in with your doctor if you're worried about anything. Mm -hmm. In terms of whether it's dangerous or not, it depends a little bit. So first of all, if somebody is sexually active and they miss a period, pregnancy is always a possibility. And so a missed period may be more than just a missed period. Mm -hmm. So a pregnancy test is always a really good idea. Um, And then other than that, you know, if it's not really long, so more than seven to 10 days, if it's not really heavy, soaking through a pad or tampon in an hour for more than a few hours in a row, if people aren't um, having any symptoms of anemia, like lightheadedness, dizziness, pain in their chest, trouble breathing or catching their breath, there's probably nothing dangerous about it. But Over a long time, we want to make sure that people aren't having um, a super irregular pattern because that can lead to other problems or things like trouble getting pregnant or anemia, like I mentioned. So it should definitely 
get checked out at some point if it doesn't go back to normal. Dr. Schwartz noted that there are other factors beyond stress that could be contributing to irregular periods to be mindful of. For example, pregnancy, menopause, changes in lifestyle like eating and exercise, fluctuations in weight, and any new medications or vitamin supplements can certainly play a role in the regularity of a menstrual cycle. She urges patients to share any changes, even if seemingly small, with a doctor because blood work or an ultrasound may be required. As for the coronavirus, probably the main cause of all the stress people are experiencing, Dr. Schwartz says she's seen no direct tie to the virus itself and changes in periods. I don't think anyone has looked at that directly, but certainly we know that related to stress, other people with chronic illnesses, so women who are newly diagnosed with diabetes or cancer, a lot of times their periods will stop just because their body is under so much stress. So I'm not sure the virus right, that makes sense. affects periods, but definitely stress due to the virus absolutely can. Is there anything that women can do to help get their bodies back on track if they're experiencing an irregular period? I think the number one thing is anything anyone can do to try to reduce stress levels, which I know is way easier said than done. (laughs) And just trying to be as healthy as possible. So eating as healthy and as balanced a diet as they can, making sure that they are getting some exercise, trying to stick to their normal daily routines and sleep schedules as much as they can, um, which again, I know is something that's really hard when everything else is kind of crazy all around them. My quest to see if men were experiencing pandemic-related stress symptoms led me to Dr. Paul Chung. Hi, my name is Paul Chung, and I'm a urologist at Jefferson. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Urology, and I'm also the director of male reconstructive surgery. He noted that his male patients have been reporting higher levels of stress, with studies from the Cleveland Clinic backing this up. At least 77% of 1,000 respondents had increased stress levels during the pandemic. And there were also lots of other different types of factors. Um, 59% of people said that they felt isolated. 45% of the men reported that their emotional and mental health had declined. Mm. So there's a lot of important factors in which men are being affected uh, at this time. And that stress affecting emotional and mental health can even manifest as physical symptoms, just like in women. You know, men, when they come to see a urologist, can have a variety of problems. And those can range from erectile dysfunction to urinary symptoms to even something like pain in the genitalia, for example. When people have anxiety or when people have stress, people cope in different ways. And just to give you one example, you can imagine if people have a lot of tension in their body, say in their neck, they might have headaches. If somebody might carry a lot of tension in their back, for example, they might experience back pain. There are a lot of patients that we see, even both men and women, who actually carry a lot of tension within their pelvis region. And within your pelvic region, you have a lot of muscles. And when people can experience tension in those areas, they can also feel discomfort or pain in the growing or in the scrotum, for example. Interesting. Okay. So then if they're feeling this effects in the pelvis region, you've mentioned also about erectile dysfunction, that that could be something that they might experience from stress? Uh, without a doubt. You know, I think uh, people can be affected differently by stress uh, during this time. Um, there is financial stress that people might experience, losing job. Maybe they might feel 
um, less masculine because they might not be working um, as and may not be earning as much money for the household. There's other types of stress, such as relationship stress. Now people are at, at home more, and uh, right. that can lead to perhaps communication difficulty. And these types of stress can affect even erectile function because erectile function uh, requires many factors. First, it requires confidence. And when people are lacking that psychological confidence, that can affect uh, erections. Hmm. Within your body, you have kind of a fight or flight system. That's kind of what many people have heard before. Fight meaning that's the the side of your body that you'd use if uh, you needed to run away for something or get in a fight with if a lion were chasing you, for an extreme example. That's what the system that would happen. You also have this kind of flight or kind of resting mode. And to be able to get an erection, you're really using that um, relaxation mode. So if you have any type of stress, anxiety, worry, which might be your fight mode, then that's going to suppress that kind of rest mode and not be able to allow you to um, get an erection uh, the way that you'd like. It's more like kind of a, uh, what we might say, psychological erectile function. Of course, people can have uh, kind of physiologic or medical reasons why they can't get an erection. However, in this time of stress and anxiety, that's the type of erectile dysfunction that we're focusing on today. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. So the the psychological aspect of it, are there things that you would recommend for patients that they can do at home to be able to overcome this problem? Sure. So I think, you know, what we're kind of focusing on are general coping skills about stress, you know, and I think one of the things that men don't do well enough is that men don't talk about things enough. We're not as open. Um, that's why here at Jefferson, we have a men's health center and we have a specific coordinator who helps to help men make appointments because men just aren't good <laughs> with talking, aren't good with asking for help and all those basic things. So I think one of the things that uh, it can be very easy for us to ask men to do, but also challenging them from, for them to do is just to open up about their emotional as well as their mental health uh, with their partners as well as their friends. And what men will realize is that the more we discuss uh, with each other, we'll find that many people are similar to us and are experiencing the same problems. Yeah, that's really great advice. And not just for men, but for everyone during this time to really open up about your emotions and and help you be able to handle that stress. So going back to if this is something physiological and a medical side of it, when would it be appropriate for someone to seek out medical care? Uh, That's an excellent question. So I think if anyone has any concerns about their well-being, whether it be erectile dysfunction or urinary symptoms or psychological stress or anything like that, Asking questions to a medical provider and seeing someone at a medical visit is a great idea. The best thing that patients can do is to seek care so that we can help educate them as to what's going on. I don't think there's an exact level. Uh, I would say if people are bothered, then please come seek help. Dr. Chung recognized that a lot of ways men would traditionally fight stress are not exactly options right now, like going to the gym, gathering to watch sports, going out in groups of friends. But he encourages men to find alternate options to keep a stress reliever as a part of their daily lives. Alternatively, he says some people have found a healthier lifestyle in the pandemic. And one of the things I really want to stress about is that even though we started out talking about how many people may have had increased stress during this time, 
there are also, on the other hand, on the other side, plenty of people who've been able to take advantage of this time. There's plenty of people who have started exercise. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah, and even lost weight. Uh, there's plenty of people who are now cooking at home more because they're reluctant to eat out and so forth. So many people are looking for the silver lining in this situation. And that's great to hear that some people are taking this as a benefit to their health. So that's wonderful. It really swings both ways. And um, there's really a spectrum that's going on. And it's really important for people to understand that there's a spectrum so they can decide which part of the spectrum they would like to be on. Like Dr. Schwartz and many other providers at Jefferson, he emphasized the importance of seeking care when necessary, even throughout this pandemic. Physicians are ready to see patients in person or virtually. He encouraged patients to make mental notes of their symptoms, like when they're better or when they're worse, for example, to share with the doctor during visits to help determine care and treatment. While the symptoms caused by this increased stress of the coronavirus can be experienced differently in men and women, the doctors made it clear that the management of that stress can be quite the same. Stick to a routine, eat healthy, get your exercise, practice good mental health, and contact a physician when needed. Find the ways that you can positively impact your health in this time of great change. Again, for more information on the topics covered today, check out the articles on the healthnexus.org. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for listening.